This is two shy guys a mile high, and we're gonna run it light through. COVID, as teachers, I feel we were prepared for our kids to be behind academically, but we were not prepared for the social and emotional mm-hmm. that it did. So the acting out, the the behavior challenges, I won't even call them problems, are magnified. They're like, you know, we have teachers, you know, I remember them being like, oh my gosh, if you're a first year teacher, it'd be super hard to be coming to the idea of teaching online your first year. Oh, no, no. I feel just as bad for those teachers that are starting out this year as their first year after COVID, or if it even is after COVID, but after us coming back from online teaching. We still in the pandemic. (laughs) Right. Like, it's hard because we were a first year teacher at my school. She is struggling with behaviors. All right. She got a kid. It's hard because one, English is not his first language. Okay, so can you imagine coming to school every day and people are talking to you, you know, little English, broken English, but majority of the time the teacher's talking to you and it sounds like Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. And you'd be like, how can I, what am I paying attention on? Of course I'm going to act out, you know? So understanding behaviors too, of course I'm going to act out because I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. Same thing with kids acting out. You're up there talking, you're saying, read this, answer these questions. I had, broke my heart. I had a second grader tell me, and a third grader, legit, boy and a girl, come out and tell me, I can't read. What? Like, for a third, you're in third grade. And for you to have no problem, like, you're not even, it's not, I'm not saying you should, you shouldn't be ashamed of not being able to read, because you're asking for help, right? You're telling me you, you need me. So I'm going to help you as best I can. But to kind of be like, I can't read, like, it's a nonchalant. I was just like, I don't know how I feel about what you just said, or not even what you said, the way you said it. Parent advocacy is big, um, and just just speaking from a parent's perspective, like it, it it is it is it was tough, man. It was tough, like just trying to figure out how do we keep the kids engaged. You know, well, for for context, I have a five and a seven year old, um, so it's they're already full of energy to begin with, right? Any mm-hmm. kid, I mean, that that are that's in school and trying to learn something that's regurgitate this or a b c d like that stuff i think is monotonous you know when Mm -hmm. you have just do this and repeat it back to me versus we talk about the critical thinking like we've had to reinvent literally how we approach it because they're not equipped to sit down for eight hours like that you know i'm not equipped to sit down for eight. nobody should be sitting at a screen for eight hours or sitting down at a computer for eight hours or sitting down doing any mundane Learn is not mundane, but at a, I mean, just literally focus on a screen and try to interface with a screen for longer than you know, maybe half hour at a time. And so we had to literally reinvent their whole schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you're gonna work for two hours this whole day of just content, but during the day you're gonna be doing tasks. Like, you're gonna go outside. We're gonna we're gonna you know look at these leaves and see, okay, what colors are these leaves? So now we can teach that way, teach a lesson mm-hmm. that's not so stuffy that's going to get the kids engaged and want to learn more about just learning, right? And so we just have to approach it differently because, like I said, the schools that I've been a part of, it's just been, okay, here's your subject. You get up and there's an orator. 
right? That's going to teach you something. Mm-hmm. And then here's a test. I get that. That's one way of doing it. But we, we've learned, like you're saying, be flexible, be 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 more um, innovative be with how you flexible. teach the lesson. You know what I'm saying? Those are the key words the last two years. Grace and flexibility. Okay, I feel those are the favorite things that we've been trying to give our parents, give each other as educators. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. But I feel like even now, teaching has changed out in the classroom. There's what we call brain breaks, right? Because now that we've learned, being online, our kids were only online with us two hours and now you back in a full work day you back in school for seven hours eight hours a day so we've learned or are learning i should say and i appreciate one thing i can say at least about my school is just like anything there's a a learning curve or practice right but then after that we're quick to implement and try new things right okay we're getting this from our kids we see these behaviors what do we need what needs to change okay well let's think about our kids having two hours and even in those two hours they had maybe three or four breaks but now we in school, we want you to sit and be quiet, like you said, for an hour or two? No. So now we're already implementing more brain breaks. Even if it's just standing up, stretching, more mindfulness, more breathing exercises, mm-hmm. us being conscious and aware of our body, our breathing, how we feel, you know, all that kind of also that goes into the social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. But just those practices that are helpful. You know, we want to give our kit box those kids, our kids that toolkit, right? Of skills, critical thinking, but also mental health taking care of you right right? you know can you label your feeling right now like how are you feeling i can i can see some things Mm. (laughs) you know but i don't want to i don't want to name that for you you know you tell me how are you feeling right now what's going on like like you know what's good why are we angry what you know whatever is happening whatever's going on i can only imagine with little ones but i guess phil i know your son's older yeah so what he, were you seeing at home, do you think? Because I'm always interested because I know I work with little kids too, but I want right. to work with the older ones. So I'm always wondering, how did that affect him? I think so much and in, in just coming from, like I said, he came from Chicago to out here. So first of all, getting to a new school, going to high school, and then going to high school with nobody he knows. And then the first year he gets there, it being COVID. So now you got to do things all virtually. I think it took a toll on him just because, you know, he was wanting to be out there and to meet people and to interact and to, you know, make those friends and stuff and make those connections. So I think there was a little bit of a struggle there, but uh, it just had to come with me being more aware of that as well. And then being having spending more time with them because, you know, I'm trying to make up for the gap of him always being in Chicago and I'm being out here. So being able to be that person that's around and being aware and uh, in the moment and actually being uh, supportive of everything that he's going through and knowing that it's, it's very different from what I'm being used to. Uh, so just trying to make it as comfortable as I can for, you know, trying to hit him around people. So shout out to Al for trying to link him up with other people, like-minded teens that are all going through the same type of experience so they can have that same like community like you have being an mm-hmm. army brat or a military yep. brat or something like that. So just trying to put him in the position so that he can be great. But I knew it took a toll just being new, not knowing anybody. And then a lot of kids weren't doing a lot of participation with COVID mm-hmm. being on, you know, you got all Zoom meetings, exactly. no cameras on. I'm, I'm, I'm looking in class like, okay, you know, I ain't yeah. one of them parents that's in the back doing their own thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. looking, I'm, I'm trying to be aware of like... Shout out for you for knowing what's going on. Thank you. Thank you. Nobody's cameras is on. You know, they... Yeah, I hear you. And then turn the <laughs> mic off and stuff. I'm like, man, you know... Nope. You, but that's expectation, but, right? Exactly. Because guess what? In my class... Oh, your camera had to be on. Unless your mom is writing me a note and telling me there's some reason why your camera can't be on, your camera is on. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, that's high school. I couldn't 
imagine, you know, what teachers, I think we all feel that way. I thought all educators feel that way. We always say we can't do what the people, you know, even within my building, no desire to be a kindergarten teacher. I sub for the first time. That was an experience. Okay. An experience, not a bad one. Like I like kindergarten because as my husband will tell you, I'm dramatic. So I like the idea of like singing and, you know, ABCs and everything I do is magical. (laughs) And I think it's great. You know, it's totally different than dealing with fifth and fourth graders. That'll be like, why are you looking like that? (laughs) Why is your face like that? You know, like my fourth graders are real. They're the kind of people that would be like, if I had like, you know, the projector, the overhead, you know, you put your hand up there because you're showing something and my nails show, they'll be like, oh, it's time to get your nails done. I'm like, now, see, most teachers, then you got to think, how are you going to take that? I'm the person. I'll be like, oh, you're right. I got an appointment on tomorrow. Don't worry about that. You're going to project tomorrow. Yeah. That one's going to be bling, bling. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I tell people, like, kids are brutally honest in that, you know, yeah. and so are kindergartners. That doesn't change in elementary for me. Um, but I feel like in elementary, we just have more grace, right? Because I tell people all the time, I'm like, one thing I like about my profession and really what kind of keeps me there is... I like working with children, right? Mm-hmm. So when children say something rude, inappropriate, out of the box, whatever, as adults, our first thought, or at least I'll say my first thought, my first thought, at first I'm going to try not to laugh because I don't right. want to encourage the behavior yeah. that's a negative one. That's, that's the real. first thing I'm going to try to do. And that's tough. Right, it is. Super, but masks are saving us. That's Right. So, um, but my thought is, that you don't know better no one's taught you or told you that this is not how we do things or say things or that's not right so that's my job right i'm gonna tell you hey you know what that's not the best way we gonna you know we gotta figure out something better um you know depending on who you're talking to in dynamic of age but yeah i was like that's what it is and i was like we need to truly understand that things and times are changing and i feel like we as educators especially can't think you know you hear a lot of things oh that always works or or, or it's always worked for me so why would i change it mm-hmm. our kids are changing our situation is changing our kids don't learn the same way um the world Technology is different is right technology is different you know how can we immerse these things that we know our kids love so we know social media is like for our older kids fourth and fifth grade if we know right now that social media is the thing right tiktok instagram all these new things like one of my four my fourth graders one of my fourth graders had to educate me because she was talking about TikTok and I was like, yeah. She's like, are you on it? Which of course I try to keep all my personal as far away, you know, (laughs) those boundaries. And I'm like, nope, I'm not on it. I don't really get it. I'll be honest, you know, because I'm very real with my kids. I never claim to know everything because I don't. And I was like, I really don't get it because I'm like, dances? I was like, I don't, I was like, why? You know, that was my thing. (laughs) I got a whole lesson in TikTok, okay? First of all, she told me, she's like, well, actually, TikTok used to be Musical.ly, which was an app that my kids were talking about like two years prior, mm-hmm. but I never fed into it at the time. And she's like, it became TikTok. But she goes, TikTok is actually a platform for small businesses. And I was like, what? And when I tell you, she broke down. <laughs> Our kids know so much. She broke down everything. And she's like, this is why you do that. It's all an analog. This is a fourth grader. Right. She's like, it's an analog. And so she's like, when you first join, they'll try to have you on their main page a lot because of this and because of that. And I'm just like, wow. Hey, 2CGMH coming to TikTok. Yeah, we're coming, boy. <laughs> Algorithm, we're coming for you. Yes. So she broke it down to me. But then that also encouraged me like, hey, as a teacher, 
how can I put this in? Yeah. If this is what you want, is this what you need? Let's do it. Let's make this to. twist, they right? Thrive mm-hmm. on this song. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's make a project. I mean, yeah, some teachers now they think that, oh, if I say let's do a slideshow, that's <laughs> interactment and our kid will be excited because oh they get to use the computer and do a slideshow. But why not let them do a video? A whole full on video. Like can you can you video record yourself? You have that experience. No more, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know the animation yeah. on PowerPoint with some word art. They got a whole TikTok thing that you can put videos and it lights and flashes thing. and Exactly. Here's my presentation on YouTube link. It's but now it's all coding. Mm-hmm. And you don't right. even know that they're doing the whole behind the scenes yes. thing at that. Yeah. We was coding with MySpace just a little bit dabbling. Trying <laughs> to get that top five in that background. Yeah, for real. <laughs> now we want nobody in your space. Yeah. <laughs> I that, need my space. Now, now you on that metaverse. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, that meta world piece. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. No. Um, another question you talked about times have been changing, both of you. Um, curriculum is changing. What about the change of dynamic for the expectation of a teacher? During this time, do you think it has been more of an increase? Do you think you were working more hours? During COVID? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just just give the listeners a perspective um, of what you had to do. During COVID, as a, as a teacher, first of all, most educators, you're not in it for the money. Okay? You do, you're in it because you, you love it. There's another rationale. I won't speak to other people's why. Um, but during COVID, I felt like there was this high expectation on educators overnight, literally, for most people, depending on where you are in the country, I had to become a master at Zoomer and a master at PowerPoint and make what I've always done as in paper pencil or communication or us just having a critical discussion, right? Or some type of protocol in place for, for us to learn something all to online and then figure out how to manipulate that, how fly. to work it on the fly, make it happen. No what? training. What you mean? Right. And then depending on our age, let's be real. We have educators that are older and not. I know I had a problem. I can't imagine if I'm an educator in my 50s or 60s who's not technology savvy, and then you're going to be like, this this is your job now? Make it happen? Like you said, with no training, with no, but just these high expectations of, hey, the push was always like, oh, you got to do what's best for your kids. I get it, but guess what? If I'm not my best self, I can't be best. I can't be or do what's best for kids. Hmm, that's real. Okay, whether that's mentally, if I'm not in my mental place, you know, taking care of me and my wellness, or you with y'all's expectations right preparing me by giving me professional development training to deal with what you for what you want me to do i can't so it was super hard and more hours like i spent so much more time on slideshows and thinking and then also trying to be like okay visual learner audio learner oh my gosh i don't have anything for the kinesthetic learner that needs something to move and manipulate okay now i have to wait because i need to send that in the mail or try to get it to them at home so they can be able to move these pieces so they have a better understanding of what's going on um gosh just technology failure right things not working internet not working okay you can't hear me you can't see me you know it was so many other things to think about Mm -hmm. in a different way that yeah we may think about in the classroom but applying it totally different in a different manner you know, it was super hard. And then just being at home, the boundaries, right? Mm. He can tell you. I'd be typing, working, doing whatever, yada, yada, yada. And before I know it, he'll be like, are you still working? Are you are you still at work? Whatever that meant, because I may not have been in Zoom at this time, but you know. And I'm like, no. He'd be like, it's 630. Like, you know, the boundaries of that personal and work life were blurred. I can't even tell you where it was. If someone really asked me how many hours I logged during COVID working. 
I can't even give you an accurate number of what it was. Thank you for your continued service. <laughs> no, because a lot of teachers kind of gave up too. They were like, nah, we're yes. not. Because they didn't know and they didn't want to take the extra effort and learn, right? Because mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. I mean, even for the kids, it was uncomfortable. Right. You know, kid was, uh, Alan was in kindergarten, you know, on that. I, I used to go for kindergarten trying to have friends and, 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 and talk and, you know, keeping them at the screen, right? right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so it's, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that people are seeing things in a different light. I mean, this is probably the blessing side of COVID. Like I said, the social emotional learning, things being amplified, they were already mm-hmm. there. Yep. That exactly. means that's if it's something you can't amplify a signal if it's nothing there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if something had to be there to be amplified, and it was just a lot of behind the scenes things that kids were going through, a lot of behind the scenes things that parents been going through, a lot of a lot of things that's been going on in the world, right? Right. And now it's like here we are, and you know, just you know, thank you, you know, for just everything that you've I don't done. Know. I appreciate it. I love it. I I love what I do, and that's what keeps me doing it. Um, and I think with anything. Like you said, good things and bad things came out of COVID. Like I said, some kids really excelled, you know, and really did great things. But those problems we're still seeing, like me subbing in that kindergarten class. You know what I do see a lot of that our kindergartners and especially our young kids in school, you learn social skills, right? That's a big thing, right? You learn a lot of social skills. You learn how to share. You learn that, you know we don't hit people because they may hit you back and it's going to hurt. <laughs> you know, we, we learn these interactions. We also learn that, you know, people don't do the same things we do. We do different things at different houses. You know, we, we just different things like, you know, Halloween right on the corner. A lot of people don't celebrate Halloween, you know, so as educators, be very careful, you know, even having those conversations, like a little kid, they're like, Oh, what are you going to dress for Halloween? And he's like, I don't celebrate Halloween. Mm. And then he's like, if you celebrate Halloween, you'll go down there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and at first I, in my mind, I was like, and like I said, kissing the nardest thing. So I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay. And, you know, I didn't, didn't even dwell on that. But in my mind, I, me being an educator and questioning, I had so many amazing questions pop in my mind. Because at the time, I want to be like, down there. What's down there? And is that a place? Can I drive there? Like, I had so many, like I'm that teacher. Be like, can I drive there? How do you get there? Can I use GPS? Can I put that? Can I put down there on the GPS and see what happens? You don't want to highway to hell. No, but <laughs> it's after midnight. But no, this has been crazy. Huh? Our kids need it. Okay, the social emotional. Even now, kids just want hugs, and it's so hard at school for us to be like, stay three feet apart. Don't touch. Especially kindergartners. Being in the classroom, talking about don't hug. This is my friend. Right. I want to hold their hand. And you're like, please don't hold their hand. <laughs> or here's some hand sanitizer. Wash your hands. Go wash your hands, you know? Um, but, yeah, I do feel like, I think uh, Will had asked me this question uh, a couple nights ago. He was just like, well, how long do you think the effects of COVID are going to last in the education system? Or when do you think we'll be not as large of an educational gap? Um, I, my prediction, I'm going to say probably another three years. It's probably going to take double the time we were out to try to get back. Not even to a point where I'm saying everybody's going to be on grade level. I'm just saying where we're not seeing as huge as deficits. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. It's going to take 
that much time and if your school building or where you're at is not um, thinking outside of the box kind of like what I was saying in how you're approaching these deficits and what you're doing and how you're going about it then it's going to be that much longer for you because you we can't continue to do what we've been doing in the past and expect a different result like I say with like my favorite quote from Einstein you can't do the same thing like Einstein says mm-hmm. that's that's the definition of insanity you can't expect expect to do the same thing and then expect a different result so I feel like that's how it's with education now knowing that COVID has had these effects we cannot continue to teach our students the same way we were no matter who you are how long you've been teaching whatever it is you have to do things different now to reach our kids and have a positive impact in our effect all right um, I, before we wrap it up, I have one last question. Um, first of all, you did a shameless little mention about how great you were in graduate school, but shout out to you for graduating. Um, master's from the University of Iowa um, in educational leadership and cultural competency. You know, ain't no accents on the edge. Um, but you doing that and becoming a student yourself, what was something that you noticed within yourself from having to transition into more of an online educational program? Time management. Mm. Um, I thought about that, I think. Time, yeah, you did. Yeah, time management. I'll check that out. And Ooh. prioritizing. Um, two big things. Uh, working full-time and being at school online, it was a lot. But just really being able to be like, okay, I'm setting aside this much time for this. After that, I'm moving on. It will be there tomorrow or three hours from now when I've finished doing whatever else I need to take care of and just really prioritizing and having to make some sacrifices, which I think we've all made during COVID. But those things, sacrifice, time management, and prioritizing those things that I know I needed to take care of, I feel is what really helped me um, get through the program, you know, outside of the support of Will, because I couldn't have imagined doing this at another time. Mm. Like in my life like people kind of like why'd you wait so late to get your master's that's another question i get a lot and at the time i was like "Mm, well in the state of florida if you get your master's as a teacher you only get a stipend a one-time stipend of twelve hundred dollars that's not paying for my debt Mm. that i'm about to accrue Mm -hmm. for this degree so it didn't make sense you know for me at the time anyway and then at the time also i was single and I mean, it would have been way harder <laughs> to make that happen financially. And then once I got here in Washington, you know, people are kind of asking that question. I kind of did some research and here it's a whole nother pay raise. It's totally different. It's like a whole nother step in the educational pay salary to have your master's. So then I was like, well, this is justification outside of at the time I couldn't, I nothing appealed to me. Yeah. I thought about curriculum, right? Because I wanted to make a change. So I was like, oh, I can do curriculum writing, make a change that way. That thought about it but nothing really spoke to me until my friend brought this program to me of teaching leadership and cultural competency and that cultural competency piece is really what pulled me in when I was kind of reading the directives and what the program was talking about because I'm like this is speaking to me this is speaking to the now my current situation and what's going on in the world and if I can help manage and manipulate people through that and us having you know those hard conversations because they're not easy and if you need a facilitator and I can help you do that I'm gay. Let me do that. Whether it's in the field of with children, because that's those conversations still should be had with our kids, talking about race, talking about things that are going on in the world, as well as adults. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, it seems like you're a real big student of the craft, and you're able to teach it as well. So we appreciate you, and then we also appreciate you joining the platform and and coming to rapping with us at Two CGMH. <laughs> yeah, since it is the platform, um, we know you part Jamaican because you we work hard. You work hard. You know what I'm saying? Like no shade, but it's just a fact. Um, is there anything that you want to plug professionally that you do? Not professionally, but. All right, cut cut all that out. <laughs> we know that you work very hard at what you do, but you have some outside interests as well, too. Or is there anything that you would like to let the audience know about that you do on the side? Yes, on the side, I have a passion for fashion and styling. Bars. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, I love clothes, especially men's clothing. Uh, women's clothing as well. I, I love it. So I do closet consultations. I'll come in, purge everything out of your closet, reorganize it. I do special events. I've done a wedding um, before, things for pictures, all kinds of things. But it's called I Slap. Slap stands for Styled Like a Pro. Mm. And I'm here for all your styling needs. You know, I do do things virtually as well. And you can find me on Instagram at I E Y E underscore slap. All right. Well, wow. just want to make sure you got that out there. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate this platform. And once again, I thank you guys, all of you, um, for inviting me. It's kind of happy to see what goes down. <laughs> you know, what happens down here uh, on a regular basis. And uh, You've been here for most of them, just technically uh, above exactly. us. Exactly. Right? So now I've been down us. here to kind of see what goes on in the lab. You know, um, no, it's been a pleasure. And I just want to thank all of you for um, having me and inviting me to be a part of this platform and share some of my information that I do have, my knowledge. Uh, we well, appreciate you joining the platform, but when you leave, we might have to hit you with that men in black, erase your mind from the lair, because we got on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, this is all you, and we appreciate y'all for having us here in the lair and allowing us to do the platform. As always, please share this with anybody that you might see beneficial to listen to this episode. Follow us at 2CGMH. Email us at 2 high at gmail.com. Once again, we appreciate you listeners. Get with us on the next episode as we release. It's your boy, P. Will. Mr. Feel Good. It's your boy, it's your WB. Boy, Come fly with me, but you can't fly for free. And it's your boy, Al Digger. The architect. We stay on board. Let's get it. <laughs>